Welcome out to the Bulls and the Bears. This is Aaron Warby. I am joined again today by Tarina Warby. Hello out there. And uh, for those of you joining us for the first time, Tarina and I are part of Online Trading Academy, the most trusted name in financial education and celebrating 26 years of service. All right. Well, so the, the title of today's, um, of today's show is going to be The Power of the Buyback. Okay. Uh, for those of you that don't know what the buyback is, it's where a company buys back its own stock. And this has some of the, you know, some effects on the stock. Uh, some that that uh, technical traders wouldn't necessarily be able to uh, forecast in the in the charts. And something that, um, you know, even those value traders, if they don't know that it's coming, they don't know that it's taking place, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be able to account for it. And therefore, therefore it would it would seem an oddity so no matter how you look at it the buyback is kind of a, a powerful instrument uh one that you should be aware of and uh the sec is going to make that easier for you all right so the markets <laughs> on friday the markets ended something easier that just doesn't i know sense. <laughs> weird huh the sec who'd have funk they would not get in the way of something, right? That's right. They would actually make things better. All right. Well, in at least in in the opinion of some, we're going to find out. All right. Anyway, the markets ended uh, today on on an upswing, right? It, it was um, we pushed into I don't know. We matched August high, mm-hmm. so we're nineteen percent up on the year. So how's that for a Santa Claus rally, right? I mean, that was a pretty good, pretty good uh, run back up from the October lows. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, now, the breaking of August highs or the matching of August highs, I should say, should indicate to technical traders that we should continue up towards the January 2022 highs, mm-hmm. right? However, this is where most of the technical traders are going to get caught, okay? Because not understanding how institutions trade and the internal workings of these institutions can be dangerous. And so I'm just going to give a you know, a little bit of a warning for anybody that's listening to this that's looking at trading on Monday and the week ahead, uh, just as something to watch out for. Okay, so something that every that the every I don't know everyday trader should calendar, in my opinion, are these buyback windows. All right, now even for me this this isn't something new, but it's something that was newly brought to my attention, as in that you could calendar when this was happening. Okay. All right. That'd be exciting. Because it turns out that there are only certain windows that these companies can uh, can do buybacks. All right. Uh, and so it, it's been a little bit odd, uh, you know, for me to see the overall market readings. And, and I guess let me tell the story as to how I came to understanding these buyback windows. So I was looking at the, um, at the S&P and trying to study it from all different angles. And I was talking with one of our instructors, um, uh, Kelly. Kelly, yeah. awesome instructor. Yeah. Fabulous. He, Shout he out does, to Kelly. That's right. He does a lot of our core classes. Mm-hmm. I was talking to him, and we were looking at the different candle structures and what was going on. And, and you know, to me, and I guess to most people, uh, the markets were looking like they should be dropping off. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, Kelly just said, well, this is buyback season. And so, you know, until this Friday, uh, buybacks are going on. And 
and I, I thought, oh, okay, well, what is buybacks? You know, how, how did, how do you know that there's buyback seasons? So we talked mm-hmm. about it yeah. and he, and he clued me in that, that there's only windows in which companies can buy back. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes, especially in the quarterly reports, if you know what you're looking for, you can tell that they've been buying back their own uh, shares. Yeah. All right. Uh, but when it's happening, if you didn't, know that there was a buyback window, then largely you're kind of caught flat footed. Mm -hmm. Something that I don't want everybody else to be caught flat footed on. Because, you know, when these companies buy back their own stock, it artificially floats the stock. Well, it inflates the stock, right? Is that what you're saying? Like where it artificially, like everybody thinks, oh, it's going up, it's going to keep going up, blah, blah, blah. But there really isn't any value in that area. It's because they're making their profit. Well, right. Yeah. So, um, you know, These CEOs are getting their bonuses by doing that. Yeah, we've we've switched to an era where where technical trading is actually much more powerful and much more um, predictive okay. than uh, than value investing okay. and value trading. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, you have to understand what the charts are telling you. But the charts have been kind of telling fibs lately because you know here the uh, S&P 500 has been trading over the 50-day moving average typically when it does Mm. that it comes back even if it's going to bounce back and go higher Mm -hmm. it's going to come back down into the average range before going higher but it's been floating for the last week almost two weeks above the 50-day moving average okay right and so the technical traders are looking at that saying, what in the world is going on? And it keeps even goosing like it might go a little bit higher. Yeah. Right? Now, the candles themselves are telling a story. They're saying, hey, we're nervous. All right. We don't want to go much higher, but they're not dropping off. I don't know. You never hear no like professional trader be like, don't go any higher. They're all like, I'll take your money all day long. Oh, no, no. Of course they will. Right? Yeah. It's just that they're prepared for it to go down because... You know, a good trader doesn't care which way it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if the public wants it to go up, sure. You know, we'll goose it a little bit and let you take it up and you can buy from us all day long. You know, we'll buy it low and sell it to you, uh, sell it to you a bit higher. Um, on the other hand, if it's going to go low, you know, fine. Yeah. You're, you're just giving us the opportunity to, uh, you know, to get this at a discount. And on the way down, we'll sell it to you all day long. You know? Yeah. Um, so... So to a professional, they don't care which way it's going, but they Mm -hmm. do want some movement. Over the last 10 days, there really hasn't been a lot of movement in the S&P 500. What? Yeah, no, look at the charts. And the candles have just been stagnant. It's been going sideways. Well, there's been movement, and you could have captured it. it Okay, but, but... but the movement hasn't been, you know, big. The ATR has been going down um, on a daily basis. Uh, rather than the the climbs that we saw there in early November and uh, you know early to mid November, right? Okay. Um, and so, just not a lot of movement, and especially a lot of movement in any one direction. It's been sideways, right? Well, now I you're mean, looking at it from a trader's standpoint. And you're saying, well, on the day there's been enough movement to trade, so who cares? Well, yeah, and I'm also looking at the monthly, and I'm I'm saying, well, technically, it's gone up. Like it has, it's gone up almost two hundred dollars. Yep. That's so, a huge movement. But there were like short movements and stuff. There was one yeah. big movement. There's a couple of big movements, but not huge. Yeah. So if you drop down to the day chart, you'll see that the last several days there 
has just been flat across the board. It hasn't really been a lot of movement up in, you know, um, in any one direction. It got to a point plateaued for a little while, right? Um, mm-hmm. Got to a demand zone and kind of plateaued. Um, and that's what we've been looking at for, you know, for some days now. And so, you know, the, the question is, is what, what is going on? And especially since it's been over the 50-day moving average without dropping back in. All right. And so here I was talking to Kelly about it. And, and he brought up this, this buyback thing and said, oh, the buyback season ends on Friday. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's range bound. It's been very range bound. So oh, sorry. Thank you. See, yeah. and know, everybody out there, like yeah, someone came in and was like, I've been listening to your podcast and you really like, <laughs> you guys are like oil and water. I just double check everything. So <laughs> she, she likes to disagree with me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, well, there's movement. You can capture it. Right. But you're right. It's been sideways. It's been really range bound. So. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So it hasn't really been picking a direction. Um, and you know, and, and so you've got to wonder why. And one of the reasons why is that the market has been showing that it's nervous, right? The general public has shown that it's a little bit nervous. Um, a lot of the institutional traders have talked about being nervous about the markets. Uh, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, news out there and reports that don't, that don't give a good story, for the long-term success of the markets, mm-hmm. all right? And I'm talking about, um, you know, the, uh, the employment reports and, and uh, what the Fed has been talking about, you know, the, yeah. how the Fed wants to read the markets. Because really one of the things that's standing in the way of the markets going higher is the idea that, that the Federal Reserve is going to hold rates higher mm. for longer. Yes. All right, now there's a lot of... Uh, institutions on Wall Street that have bet that they're going to be dropping it in 2024, right? We're going to have several uh, periods where they drop the Well, I would rates. see them doing that. Okay, so if they want to keep Biden in, if they want him to stay in, mm-hmm. I can see there being pressure and Biden being like, well, the only way I'm going to get in, I don't want to repeat a Jimmy Carter, right, mm-hmm. is if I lower the rates. And then if he, and if Powell agrees, do you know what I mean? So it's just about who's got the most power to get the rates moved down. And so if they do start moving the rates down, I can see that that everything will go back up. Well, and that might be the case. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to try and, and crystal decipher. Ball. We can't crystal ball it, but I can see as it being an election year, if interest rates are going up, then that president in the White House or that party ain't going not most well, likely will not be taken uh, out. Yeah, so you're going back to the old political adage, it's the economy, stupid. Right. It's the economy, stupid. You know, yes. and, and, and I, I understand, uh, you know, where you're going with that. But, uh, you know, from the market standpoint where they're trying to take the politics out of it for whatever reason, there's no way to take the politics out of everything all the well, time. Well, I can't but... believe I oh, I should be quiet. OK, no, 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 <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I can't like I, I mean, Goldman Sachs, I'm sorry, uh-huh. they have politics. OK, I'm sorry. Uh, yes. J.P. Morgan. There's politics involved. You can't tell me that they they don't have their little, um, oh gosh, what are their names that they're in Washington and all they do is talk to pol- to political leaders and stuff, like the senators and stuff. And they're, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about. You guys yeah. can see them. Yeah. And their whole job is to say, well, 
this is what so-and-so really wants. And if I want to give you, you know, if you want money for your campaign, even though they can't promise that kind of money, it's all going on, you guys. It's all going on, okay? <laughs> so you can't tell me that they're not like, hey, let's stretch this out as long as I can to get as much profit before the rates have to go up. So I can, I can seriously see the yeah. rates going down, Biden staying in the administration, and then the rates starting to go up after he gets elected well, back in or whoever is in that site. So the problem with that idea is, is that it's really a catch-22. No, because it, it, it will matter. long. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter long. what you do um, because, because it, it's not going to... Things aren't going to, to look good one way or another. Lobbyists. Yeah, yeah I knew what you were talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, it's an L word. I got so excited I hit the microphone. <laughs> it's an L word, but I didn't want to say that loud. It was a lobbyist, you know? Yeah. So, and, and granted, Powell has at times done exactly opposite what the president wants. So. Yes. Well, uh, yes, he's, he's done that several times. But, um, you know, the fact is, is, that, is that it's a catch-22, yeah. Because if interest rates go down, mm-hmm. then more than likely inflation goes up. Right. Okay. If, on the other hand, um, you know, we want interest rates to go down, what, what Powell needs to see before he can drop interest rates is the markets going down and the unemployment going, going up. up. Right. Okay. Um, and that would tell him that he is safe to start lowering the interest rates without goosing inflation back up. Right. Okay, so it's kind of a catch-22. You know, the president also doesn't want to see, or the current administration, whatever, also does not want to see inflation go up. Right. That's going to hurt him as much as the market going down. Well, and that's true. So I guess it's just like... Are we just in the perfect storm right now, or is it? Are they going to prolong it? And all I'm saying is, is who do they want in? Do they want the Republicans in, or do they want the Democrats in? That's all it is. I don't know. And and you know what? And Powell may be fiscally. They don't really care, honestly. I don't think because they, you know, the lobbyists and they give all their money, you know, to them. So I don't think they really care. I think they're going to do what's in the best interest. So thanks for going along this, <laughs> this like this path of me coming to this recognition. But it will be a very interesting year in the markets and in inflation and stuff. It, 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 it's going to be very interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, there's a catch-22 out there. Um, we're going to see either interest rates drop before they should and inflation spike a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, again, meaning that, that uh, they're going to have to raise the rates back up. Right. Um, and things are going to get tough on the wallet again. Or... They're going to keep inflation or the rates high for longer than they planned. Mm-hmm. And and that's going to hurt the market overall. Yeah. Right? Now, companies have been hurt. Yeah. Uh, in fact, just today we were talking to somebody, um, you know, who was telling us how many businesses have just, you know, just aren't in operation anymore. Just they used to work with them and now they're... There's nobody to work with. Well, it broke my heart to hear that. And then I was I was talking to someone just two days ago, three mm-hmm. days ago, and they were talking about how their son works for an airline. I will not say what airline it is, but they were able to get free like trips. They used to get free trips. They used to get free trips. Yes. And they had like a big Christmas trip. And they're like, okay, you can come fly here. And then two weeks before the big Christmas trip, they said, 
no, now you get 20% discount on your flights if you want to come to this Christmas trip. We have now hit a financial level that we can no longer give you free flights. And if you're going to fly, you're going to fly standby or you get a 20% discount. And that's what it was. And this was this was an airline that I was surprised at. But I wasn't don't surprised. Don't give away too many hands. But I wasn't surprised because they've been fiscally responsible thus far. So I have given you hints. But it just kind of surprised me, and I thought, I'm going to be looking at the industries and the reports pretty soon, just in the airlines. So, yeah. you know, that kind of gave me a warning right there that, okay, the fun's over. Everybody's mm-hmm. getting worried. Yeah, and so we've seen things like this uh, happening, and it's been a little bit of a surprise to us. Um, well, not really, because we knew what was going to happen with COVID and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, the piper had to be paid. It's yeah, just, you know, when. But what has been the surprise is that we've seen these kind of uh, troubles. We've mm-hmm. seen indexes that have shown, uh, you know, weakness in the economy. Yeah. And we were talking about the Victoria's Secret thing yes, or last week, right? Oh, yeah. That was a great podcast. That really you know, that you was like that one. Well, it... The underwear me, index. It again. made me laugh. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> you make me laugh, and I'm going to enjoy that podcast. I, I hope okay. everybody enjoyed that one. I hope they did. Too. You know. However, <laughs> we, we've seen we've seen continued strength in the markets despite all of these other things. Now, yeah, that could be explained by the Santa Claus rally, but you know, a little bit of the Santa Claus rally might be also. Um, you know, it might also be explained by some of these buybacks mm-hmm. because this is a window, um, the last week of November, the first week of December, every single year where the companies can Buy do back. buybacks and what buybacks do, right? So, so you've got to think about, um, the effect of this, a company is buying back their own stock and they're doing it. I mean, they've got a lot of money to buy back their stock. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the stock price moves, um, simply relative to the number of buyers and sellers. Right. So if there's more buyers than sellers or there's more buying the stock action price is going to than move. selling action, yeah, then the stock price is going to go up. So then you might think, why do companies buy back their own stock? All right, well, here's what's going on. CEOs and other executives get, get um, stock options as part of their bonus pay, okay? And these stock options are, of course valuable if the company's stock is going up and exactly. and you know the the owners of the company the stockholders in general will vote to give CEOs these stock bonuses mm-hmm. in order to entice the CEO to keep that stock price up right right this because it's in bonus. the best interest of the stockholders the owners to have the the stock constantly going up and right. so if they make the ceo part of the game then he's going to do he or she is going to do everything they can to keep it up right all right well one easy way to keep it up is to do buybacks mm-hmm. all right because you buy back your own stock and number one it takes down the number of shares out there and this becomes a supply and demand thing Mm-hmm. Right, the less of something there is with the same demand, the higher mm-hmm. the price goes. Mm-hmm. But also because they are pouring money into the stock price itself, you know, with the, mm-hmm. this buyback, it is artificially uh, raising the price of the stock. So this is going to be true even if the company itself isn't doing very well. I think I like artificially inflating the stock. Okay, 
but racing the uh, yeah. stock. Okay. But now, either way. Either but, way, but yes. they might be able to hold it up. Keep yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and so some of the companies that have been doing this are the ones that move the market. All right. So there are basically seven companies out there that really move the price of the S&P 500. Yes, and so if you simply watch these companies, you can you can tell what the S&P 500 overall is going to do because they have such a large by weight, they have such a large share of the S&P 500, mm-hmm. right? And so these seven companies are Apple, Microsoft, uh, Meta, used to be called Facebook, Amazon, Google, NVIDIA, and Tesla. Well, I'm also going to say Berkshire and Hathaway because it has a little bit more movement lately. They give them a little bit more movement. It does. It does. But I don't know if they... It, know. It's not as large of a share as any of these others, right? That's true. Um and so when all of these companies are doing buybacks, and Apple is one that does a lot of buybacks. Oh, Over yeah. the last three or four years, they have done a lot of buybacks, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they're, you know, financially, they haven't done any better than Microsoft, but their stock has performed better. And a large part of that can be traced directly to these buybacks they do. Okay. Well, when Apple and Microsoft and Meta and Amazon and Google and NVIDIA and Tesla are all buying back their own stock during mm-hmm. a two-week window, you're going to see that reflected in the S&P 500 average, which is exactly what we've seen. So now that it's over, because it ended on December 8th, now that the buyback period is over, we're going to see what the public really thinks of where the stock market should be headed. Yeah. All right. Are we going to continue this Santa Claus rally through the end of the year? Is it going to stagnate? Or why might we see a little bit of a drop? And we're not going to know until sometime later next week. Really. You know? We shall see. Yeah. Should anyway. be interesting. I wonder if Powell's speaking three times next week. So that'll be fun too. I'm <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, no movement. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I bring this up because it's enough of a market driver that you should be aware of it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, when buybacks occur, it's going to be harder to short the stock and, and get anywhere out of it. it. It might be easier to take a ride with it um, on, on the upside. Right. So yeah. go long. Um, but this is enough of a market driver. This is important enough to the market that the SEC now has recently made uh, rules for new disclosures. Yeah. So that the companies will have a more difficult time hiding what they're doing from the public. Now, of course, if the public doesn't know the effect of buybacks in the first place, then this will largely only benefit the professional traders, right? Because the professional traders understand the effect of the buyback um, and that it artificially, what what was the word? What do you want me to say instead of? Inflated. Artificially inflates. That's right. Artificially inflates these uh, the stock prices. <laughs> All right. Um, because, because the professional would understand what's going on that gives the professional, um, an advantage over the public, right? Um, the general public, uh, you know, they, they typically don't understand, um, the effect of things, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, typically when the public hears that there's going to be a stock split, they get really excited and all of a sudden there's a buy up in the in the stock price. And that is logical based on recent history, right? Because typically when you see a stock split in recent history, mm-hmm. the stock goes up. Right. Now, historically, the... Well, it goes down once it splits, but then it goes up in the... 
in the split yeah. stock. Okay. Well, so historically, this is a bad thing for the for stocks, mm. right? The professionals would understand this as, hey, you're diluting my sh- my share my of the share. company, mm-hmm. right? Um, when you do that, the company shares are now diluted to the public, so it's it's harder to capture. Um, uh, well enough of a share to have an effect have voting rights okay and so the professional not a big fan of the split okay Uh, uh, warren buffett has been very vocal about this uh he really thinks that that it's a terrible thing to do to any company Mm -hmm. um and that's why berkshire hathaway is doesn't split. That's well, why their stock they're like is, at 15,000 yeah, 15, or 20,000. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, like they're up there and he's like, we don't split. I yeah, mean, we don't split. I'm not going to dilute your shares. I'm not going to dilute yeah. the company. Uh, you assets, know, you know, assets. He's, he's just going to go for it. And, right. Um, but this is That's enough great. of a driver that the SEC is getting involved. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now they made the rule, uh, what, later, earlier in 2023 and okay. said that it was going to go into effect on October 1st, 2023. But you remember that political machine you were talking about? There was <laughs> enough. There actually is one? I, I know. There was enough of a pushback that they pushed the reporting date uh, to, what is it now, April 1st, 2024, instead of October 1st, 2023. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the public is not going to be informed about what's going on with these buybacks until April 1st of 2024. But it's something that you really should uh, keep your eye out for. Because again, when those windows open up, mm-hmm. you know, you want to know what's going on and, and uh, you want to be able to see the effect of it. Now, um, you know, the question in everybody's mind is, is why the pushback? I mean, if the public yeah. knew that when these buyback windows, um, you know, were, were coming, mm-hmm. you would think that what they would try and do is buy up the shares before the buyback and and ride the wave, right? Right. And so this would be a good thing for the CEOs that are trying to uh, push this up. Right. But there's a downside to it. Mm-hmm. And so there might be a reason that CEOs also don't want Mm-hmm. this out to the general public, right? Mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, if you're thinking about it in terms of uh, the health of the company mm-hmm. itself, then there are two downsides to letting everybody know when the buybacks are coming. Number one, the CEO wants to, you know, a part of a part of his or her livelihood is everybody thinking of them as a very capable leader. Mm-hmm. But what does it say about a leader whose value in the company doesn't, you know, the company itself doesn't raise in value, but the um, stock price goes up only when the buybacks are occurring. If they had to report this and it was easier to track, then the shareholders might start thinking, you know, that CEO really isn't doing much for the company, the long-term health of the company. Uh, Maybe we need to try some new blood. Right. Well, actually, I'm thinking more of, well, then all those news articles about, oh, this company just went down and it's because of this, blah, 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 where it's oh. like, oh, they just stopped buying back. That's well, yeah, the, all the it reporters, is. The or, reporters are never really going to catch on. Well, but They get it wrong all the time. Well, they will with the buybacks. <laughs> Anyways, but like, so, or that they they won't be able to shadow it and they won't, everyone will be like, okay, it's buyback and everyone's rubbing their hands and everyone's uh-huh. going to buy or someone's going to yeah. short it and then they lose on that money. <laughs> well, and that, that's right. So that's the other other effect that I wanted to talk about, right? So the company itself is trying to buy back shares 
and take some of the shares out of the general public market. Right. So but they the higher the price, let the price go down in October, so they can get right. a good thing and then push the price up. And they're pushing the price up exactly. November, so December. they want, you know, the company wants the best price for these stocks to begin with, right. so that they can have a bigger push. Mm-hmm. Um, and but if everybody already knows what's going on, then they're buying up before the window opens. Mm-hmm. And now they have to pay a higher price for the shares they get, meaning that they get fewer shares for the right. money that they're, they've budgeted for the buyback, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So overall, I can see why some companies would be pushing back on this. Mm-hmm. But I really, really hope that the SEC sticks to their guns and everybody gets to know about this. All right? Lobbyist. I think it's going to be good. I know. I know. <laughs> and the lobbyists were strong in October. Let's see if they've got they better things we'll to see do what in, yeah, well, by and April. Maybe they're just like saying, hey, we need to make up for this year and be prepared for next year when you raise the rates and then we all tank in the market or something so we can survive. I don't know. Maybe they were saying that and SEC's like, all right, we'll go, we'll go easy on you right now. And then we'll... Or maybe they're just placating the public yeah. and acting like they really have power and they don't. Well, who knows? You know, we'll uh, so there was a law that... Um, that the Obama administration uh, put out that every single broker had to be a fiduciary. Yeah, it never happened. It never did. No, it was, he signed it. It was all good, but the lobbyists came in and uh, pushed and pushed and pushed and it never actually took effect. Well, I thought the Republicans came in and they changed it. And that was the first thing they did. Mm, It didn't, no, it it got pushed and pushed and pushed before the Republican Party, before the last Republican administration got in. Yeah. It It, it it was was effectively dead before the election. Yeah, this all happened, this all happened uh, before 2016. Huh. Well, there you go. Yeah. We can all say what we want, but we want everyone to feel that we do good. But then... Well, I think that... Not us, but the government. You know, the, they tried. Yeah. Well, and I think that there's, <laughs> there's always a difference between intention and reality, right? So the intention is always good, or at least it starts off good. I think, I think there's a difference between integrity and intention. Yeah. Well, and especially... I'm taking the hard knocks of, oh, I'm no longer going to be in power or there's no, there's no, um, the probability of us getting supported by these lobbyists um, is going down. Therefore, let's just let it go and other people will yeah. forget about it. Well, historically, you know, everybody preaches fairness, but when it comes down to it, throughout human history, it's always been... I feed myself first, and then once I am the king of the pile, then we'll talk about fairness. But mm-hmm. it, since everybody is struggling to be, you know, king of their own anthill, fairness never actually comes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because there's always a bigger anthill to conquer, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway, hope the SEC actually pulls this out. Um, and, and uh, you know, it gets reported out because this can be a powerful clue for people trying to do better in the markets. Yes. Now, even if they don't, then there are ways to figure out when this is happening. Okay? Okay. Um, and, and how to handle yourself in the meantime. Because, you know, investing has always, always been the game of, of who can, you know, who knows the most. Who has the best information. 
right? Because yeah. this is a probabilities game. And those with the best information can winnow down to um, things to the point where they have the highest probability of being right because they're working with the best information. They're working with the best uh, the best of everything when mm-hmm. it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Well, if you want the best information and if you want to do better in the markets, we happen to teach people how to do that. And we have a free <laughs> class to at least get you started. OK, now this is it, it really is. There's a lot of really good information here. Um, we have people from all sectors uh, coming to the class. In fact, um, you know, Kelly, one of our instructors, always tells me that he is a recovering broker. <laughs> All right. He was a broker and he um, one day he just, he saw these classes come up and he thought, well, I know what I'm doing, but I'm going to go in and see. And he saw how things work on a higher level, even though he had been working in the industry as a broker. He saw things on a higher level in that three hour class and decided to pursue further education with our institution. And now he teaches. Mm-hmm. Right. So working for the market makers, and now he teaches everybody else what the market makers are doing and how to actually see that and ride the wave with them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's what you learn during the three-hour power trading and investing workshop. And it's free, so there's no reason not to do it. If you happen to be in the Phoenix area, then you can simply um, you know, come into one of our live classes. That's the best form of education, mm-hmm. all right, um, in person where you're going to get your per- your your questions answered, where you're going to see things, um, you know, on a, on a more uh, visceral level and mm-hmm. experience things on a more visceral level. Okay. So that's the best way to do it. But we also have the virtual classes. Either way, you would go to www.tradingacademy.com mm-hmm. and a list of classes will be presented to you. So whether it's in person or virtual, go to www.tradingacademy.com and register for one of our three-hour power trading and investing workshops um, and, and start your journey to better trading and investing, mm-hmm. to better understand and have better odds of doing well. Okay. Um, I hope you have enjoyed uh, this today. If nothing else, you are now aware of the, of the power of the buyback. Yes. Um, join us again next week. And in the meantime, uh, come to one of our classes. Again, www.tradingacademy.com. And we'll see you next week. Bye.